This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Oh, let's hear your pitch rather than theirs. Come on. Yeah, seriously. On this show, we venture into the world of startups to a critical moment when aspiring entrepreneurs put it all on the line and pitch investors for funding. My passion is making that great coffee um, really easy and fun and accessible to as many people as I possibly can. You can have the most incredible product, but if you don't know how to talk about it, if it doesn't have a brand identity, okay, you're going to have a problem accelerating it. Today, we hear from two co-founders who think they have figured out the secret to making premium instant coffee. Now, can they get investors to put their bucks behind their beans? Phil Nadell is the founder of Forefront Venture Partners. In pitches, you'll hear him put the focus on the hard numbers. I don't like the model. I'm not seeing the path to recurring revenue. Jillian Manis is here representing Structure Capital. When she invests in a company, it's because she believes in the founder and their mission. I always tell founders that early stage investors are actually co-founders. Jake Chapman's here with Gelt VC. He has a keen eye for detail and makes sure to dot his I's and cross his T's before he invests. There are a ton, a ton of operational issues that you haven't had to address yet. Howie Diamond founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. He's not afraid to push founders to really defend their company and sell him on why he should invest. Everything you described can happen on an iPad, but you're saying that it should happen on a mirror on a wall. That's not convincing to me. She says it's the best deal she's ever going to do in her life. Yeah, it will. No, No, it's the biggest thing I will ever do in my life. Our two founders, Kelly and Josh, are all set to pitch investors. They seem loose and relaxed, and right before they head into the studio, I find out why. They've been pitching a lot lately, and it's gone very well. In fact, of the $3 million they're trying to raise, they've already secured $2.9 million. Of course, the investors don't know that yet, but they will soon enough. Hi. Hey. We heard you, you absconded heard you with jingling. all my hot water. Yes. I wanted a cup of tea, and they're like, no, nope, no, nope, the founders have it. Okay, rock our socks. Yeah, rock your socks, Jillian. Oh, yeah, I could be rock your socks, Jillian. It's a little bit sexy, don't you think that? It's pitch time. My background is pretty heavily in coffee. I've been a barista for almost 10 years, originally from Helsinki, Finland, where I started working in coffee. Um, This is Calais Fries, the co-founder of Sudden Coffee. I'm two-time Finnish barista champion, and I was ranked as a ninth. Two-time what? Two-time Finnish barista champion. Barista. Yeah. Barista. You're barista, coffee you're make, barista coffee champion. Making champion. Right. Yes. Calais got the title of coffee-making champion by making the best-tasting coffee in a competition where he had to make 12 drinks, four espressos, four cappuccinos, and four signature drinks, all within a 15-minute period. But for Calais, 
coffee making is not just about winning awards. And to me, what I, I love coffee is that it's a really concrete way of making somebody's day better by serving them a great cup of coffee. And my passion is making that great coffee um, really easy and fun and accessible to as many people as I possibly can. Calais is not just any barista. He is really particular about his coffee. And he knows most people don't know how to brew it the right way. So he had an idea. He'll sell instant coffee, where all anyone has to do is add water and voila, they've got the perfect cup of coffee. So setting coffee is instant coffee that you'll actually want to drink. Once Calais had his idea for sudden coffee, he headed to San Francisco in search of a business partner. So yeah, so I'm Josh, I'm the CEO of Sudden Coffee. So Josh, Calais is a, admittedly, a coffee ninja. Uh, what's your background? Yeah, so um, I guess I'm, I'm sort of... Are you a coffee champion? Yeah, I'm the 10th best. Actually. You are? Yeah. Are you? Trying to no, catch no, up no, no, no. Okay. Come um, on. Um, so Joshua's loof is the business side of Sudden Coffee. Previously, he was a consultant at McKinsey doing supply chain. Then he went to Groupon and then another food startup. Yeah, so my background is half operations, half tech. And so for me, it's, you know, I'm really passionate about how you can deliver really awesome offline experiences using technology. So Calais and Josh joined forces and they were all set to start selling instant coffee. But I know what you're thinking. Doesn't instant coffee taste really bad? Fundamentally, instant coffee is liquid coffee that's dehydrated. Right. And it's been around for a long time, and everybody knows it's not great, right? And how it works is that the huge companies that make it so far get the basically the cheapest, crappiest coffee around, roast it very dark, and then they extract it at very high temperature and pressure, actually twice, so that you get three times as much stuff out of the beans as, as you would normally get when you brew the coffee. Then that liquid, which is like really woody and bitter, is boiled down and sprayed with hot air. So you get rid of anything delicious that might be left in there. <laughs> so you have a lot of this powder uh, for very cheap, but it doesn't taste great. Basically, we've all gotten accustomed to bad instant coffee because it's always made as cheaply as possible. But Calais figures out how to dehydrate high-quality coffee into a powder that is way better tasting. And that turned out to be setting coffee. And so tell us about the process. Did you develop the process? Yeah, is this a yes. patented process? Um, it's proprietary. It's a trade So it's not patent? It's not patented currently. It's, there's no patent around it. There's no defensibility, really. Well, I don't think that having no patent means that there's no defensibility. What Calais means is that his process of making instant coffee is what's special. They don't need a patent because they have a process that's a trade secret. Kind of like how KFC doesn't have a patent on their fried chicken. They just have a secret recipe. Once they developed the secret process of scalably producing their instant coffee, Calais and Josh were ready to launch Sudden Coffee. And we're now at the point where we're trying to raise a $3 million round to really help us get to the next level of scale, both from a capacity standpoint, and but mostly from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, who wants coffee, by the way? So I don't drink coffee. I don't need the funny thing disclaimer. is, I, I don't drink, drink coffee. But I used to drink coffee, so I figure I'll take a sip because I used to love coffee. Okay. So this is not going to kill me. I'll take a sip. Only one of our investors actually drinks coffee. This is not great news for our founders who are trying to sell them on how good sudden coffee is. Nonetheless, they proceed undaunted, with Josh pulling tubes of sudden coffee out of a box. 
He pulls off the lids, empties the powder into a couple of mugs, and adds hot water. Then he hands them out to Jake and Jillian, the only investors who volunteered to try the product. The question for me uh, is, to you guys, how did it taste? Normally I drink coffee with some cream and some sugar, mm-hmm. um, and this is just black, and it's actually not bitter at all. Like It's, right. it's really it's drinkable. Bitter. Yeah. Um, it's not, a lot of instant coffees are like Keurig coffee, which I guess is not instant, sort of instant. Um, it's pretty watery, really light. This has, this is definitely a better product. Like it has, yeah. it's more full flavor. Do, does it taste like, you know, what you'd get at Starbucks? I think Starbucks coffee is atrocious. I think their brewed coffee is atrocious. So is this better than Starbucks? Better than Starbucks. This is. Yeah, the brewed coffee is better than Starbucks. And the other stuff at Starbucks is delicious, but it's because they put all the other stuff in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this, it's good. It's not as it's not as good as like a great cup of coffee at Phil's would be, mm-hmm. I think, or Blue Bottle. Okay. So according to Jake, sudden coffee is better than Starbucks. And if you've driven down a street, any street lately, you probably know Starbucks has a pretty impressive market share. Could sudden coffee be the Starbucks of instant coffee? How big uh, was the instant coffee market? $35 billion. In the U.S. or global? Worldwide. Didn't I hear that like... Actually, the U.S. is the lowest market for instant coffee. That's correct, but we're not we're not targeting the people who drink instant coffee. We're targeting people who go to Blue Bottle and who kind of realize that they first like first of all are willing to pay several dollars for a cup of coffee. Right. So where do you fit in that model? I'm I'm just confused. Like, where does instant coffee fit in that model? Is it for that? Is that the target demographic? Like, who who are I you think, really targeting? I mean, I think alternate, like, ultimately, we're creating an like alternative way of drinking good coffee. So it's not meant to replace going out to a coffee shop when you have a chance to do that. It's not meant to brew coffee at home. And like most people we talk with, drink two cups of coffee a day. And the first one is very kind of entrenched in their morning routine, and it's about uh, getting caffeine. It's about sort of the ritual that gets your morning going. And then the second cup. More often, people have problem with that. If you're stuck at work and you only have uh, capsule coffee that doesn't taste great, um, we can help you drink good coffee when you're there, when you're traveling. You've been selling since when? Uh, January. It's January. January 2016. How are you selling it? Um, it's online only um, as subscriptions. How much is a subscription? So currently, it's uh, 250 a cup. Okay. Basically, the whole value proposition that I had in mind when we started working on this is making a cup of coffee that is as good as you can get at cafes. I mean, realistically, it's not—it's never going to be better than the best freshly brewed coffee, but it's going to be—it's already better than 90% of what I get in good cafes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a great cup of coffee for half the price what you would pay at a coffee shop, and you're going to have it anywhere. How much sales have you generated since January? Um, so we've done about 100k since January. We're at 20k recurring. How many subscribers is that? Um, so our peak was in uh, or July. We hit 500 subscribers. I think now we're closer to 400. Did you catch that? Over the course of just a few months, Sudden Coffee has lost 100 of its monthly subscribers. A declining customer base is obviously not an encouraging sign, although it isn't all that uncommon for an early startup. After the initial launch, there's a spike in sales, and then things often slow significantly which can be really scary as a founder. But no matter how scary it is, our founder's job right now is to project confidence to investors. What are you guys, when you you raise this round, 
what's your next what's your go to market strategy like where do you where do you go from here yeah so there's kind of a short term and a long term plan long term our real vision is to sort of um, build the world's largest specialty cafe um, using technology to sort of abstract all of the things you get from a cafe. Wait, so sorry, building a physical cafe, a brick no, and mortar? Or? No, no, like a virtual cafe. A so, virtual cafe. Yeah, the world's largest virtual cafe. Virtual cafe. So this could look like an app. It could be through our website. So like how do we scale the things that Kali would do in a cafe to everyone in their home, either through their phone, through their computer, um, and kind of connect the online and offline experience. Do people get brand loyalty and emotionally attached to, to coffee brands like Nescafe? Like are other people like like I don't know. I don't I don't know the coffee there market is that well. There isn't. But... You know, in one way there's loyalty until the next best thing comes along. Because, like loyalty to the because... extent of let's download an app and talk about coffee yeah, together. So they're talking about a coffee community. Right. Right. Building yeah. a coffee community. Um there's community formed in coffee shops organically. Yeah. But I think, and I might be wrong, that's really not around the coffee, mm-hmm. but it's around just the place, the a destination. Yeah. That the ritualistic ability. aspect of yes. getting coffee, I think, is really important to the coffee ecosystem yeah. and the coffee community. And I don't right. know if you can so virtualize that. I'll tell you what I see this as, and I kind of say it as I see it, okay? And that... I think this is good, okay? I wouldn't say I would drink it and say, wow, this is an amazing cup of coffee, okay? I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I see this as is not the best. It's a actually a marketing play. I don't see anybody going around saying this is the best cup of instant coffee I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But I have, I, but it's getting people to accept it as the best instant right. coffee they've ever had because it has the authority, one of the leading authorities behind it saying, I use a special process, I'm this and that. And when you tell people that- You can romance it. You, you can romance it. Yeah, to <clears throat> extend on that, uh, I, I was actually thinking r- along the same lines to roll this out. Have you guys thought about doing like a crowdfunding campaign? This is not what our founders want to be hearing. When an investor starts suggesting crowdfunding, it's a subtle signal that they think the company hasn't yet found its footing. And Calais and Josh haven't given them much reason to believe otherwise. They pointed to declining sales, but not to the 2.9 million Sun Coffee has already raised. And let me be clear, that money matters. When a startup has raised most of its round, it lets investors know it's been carefully vetted and establishes credibility. It also means everyone can move on to more advanced questions. Now is the time for Calais and Josh to jump in and get this conversation on track. There's a way to tell your story that is really interesting that could differentiate you and that could also allow you to get some credibility in the market and it could also allow you to pre-sell your products so you could actually gauge demand without having to take any sort of inventory risk or anything like that. Absolutely. I think that's a really great way to get this out there. Surprisingly great suggestion from Howie. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. very rare. There is no like great leader in this space and you have that opportunity. It's wide open for you. This is what I call, this is like a super brand. And I think you have the opportunity to put a cape on it and just let it, you know, let it soar. 
You can have the most incredible product, but if you don't know how to talk about it, if it doesn't have a brand identity, okay, you're gonna have a problem accelerating it. You have a good product and it might be great, but for me right now, it's just a solid product. So, but you, I don't think they need much money no, I don't for think all of this. No, I mean, we're talking really about a couple don't. hundred K well, maybe. because they're only like four weeks away from launching at scale right. in terms of their production, so they can keep up with the, Absolutely. you know, that demand if you, yeah. if you get it. I have to say, at this point, I'm sitting in the control booth listening to this pitch thinking, Calais, Josh, take control and tell the investors how much money you've already raised. There's but no I think you need to I tell think... your story, like, yeah. at scale. Like, tell your story to the masses, and you have so, a platform now to do that. I guess that, so, and we keep debating this internally. And by the way, we should come back to, which we, we, have fundra- which? we have fundraising news that, that we should disclose at okay. the end. But we keep coming to this debate internally about, and um, should we do a crowdfunding campaign? And Kali's always been like pushing hard that we should do a crowdfunding campaign. And my question is always, at the end of the day, we're still going to have a problem driving impressions to the campaign. Now you're going to tell us that you've raised $2.7 million from Sequoia. (laughs) Give us the reveal. (laughs) (laughs) They have have some news percolating. What's what's your big news? Percolating. Tell us what's been growing. Tell us what's been brewing. Tell us it's been brewing. Oh, bother. No, so, I mean, we we purposely left room room on the round, but we... What, like a hundred? Yeah, there's there's a hundred. <laughs> no, really, how much is left on the round? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, there's a hundred. There's a hundred left on the okay, round. Okay, you know. Wow. What? So you've ra- you raised two point nine. We raised two point nine from um, Charles River Ventures is the, is our lead, and then this is our second round. So we raised five hundred k a year ago. Mm-hmm. At what valuation? Um, the valuation on this round is six point two five pre. After spending half the pitch coming up with crowdfunding and marketing strategies. The investors find out that Sudden Coffee already has 2.9 million in the bank. But it's late in the conversation, and there's not much time to talk about it. It's decision time. Here's Phil. Well, let me just say that um, I'm not a coffee drinker, uh, so I don't have a lot of passion about this space. Um, Also, so as a result, it's difficult for me to sort of get your your big vision um, for the idea of the virtual, would you refer to it as a virtual coffee shop kind of a thing? It's difficult for me because I, I don't go to coffee shops, I don't drink coffee, um, and I think the brand is very powerful, right? And that is, is extremely cool, and um, I'm gonna pass. So Phil passed, here's Howie. I mean, you could have probably launched a crowdfunding campaign, come back around and raise money at a much higher valuation. But, you know, you're because like right now you're deleting yourself by like you're giving up like half the company. I don't drink coffee. I don't really do a lot of consumer product good companies that much. So it's probably not the right fit for me. All right. So Howie passed. Only Jake and Jillian remain. Maybe the founders have some hope with Jake, though. He hasn't said much but he's the only one in the room to actually finish his cup of sudden coffee. Um, no, I am a coffee drinker, right? Um, I drink at least two cups a day, probably more like three on average. I think it's a good cup of coffee. It wouldn't replace like a Phil's or a Blue Bottle for me, but I know that's not the market you're going after. 
my biggest problem though is that for me, place is very important. It's like physically being there. And it's because I want to get out of my home office for a while or I had a meeting somewhere and then I've got another meeting in an hour and I, I need a place to park it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just not the right consumer. And so for me, it means I'm probably not the right investor. Um, and so I, I'm going to have to pass. So Jillian is the only investor left. Of all the investors in the room, she's the one who had the clearest vision for how to build the brand of Sudden Coffee. Or as she put it, put a cape on it and let it soar. I am on the fence. And the reason is, as I said, I don't really see this coffee as being so special, but I do see you and you being special. And certainly you don't need our money. You know, 100 grand, you could fill up. You, know, you can go anywhere and fill up 100 grand. So the money this 100 grand is going to hopefully I would say leave it open for somebody who's going to bring some huge, huge value to this. Um, I've, that's all you have left. Oh, that's exa- I mean, we're specifically right. looking for brand help. That's right. like specifically yeah. why we right. cash up, <laughs> literally. That is our so, goal. Yes, right. Well, here's the thing is that I no longer drink coffee. Um, and I just... I, I'm I, I'm really really sitting on the fence on this because, and I'll tell you the other reason is you have only hundred left. Okay, when I get involved with a company, okay, and especially one that has such a bold brand, and that is where I want to direct my energy to. But I just um, for $100,000, it's not, I can't say it's not worth my time, but in a lot of ways, I would need much more of the company to give you 100% of my attention. So I'm going to pass for that reason pretty much. We appreciate you guys coming. Yes. And, and honestly, really do appreciate your having the courtesy to save a piece for us. That was, yeah. you know, that's great. I, I, I I think you're smart to go for a strategic investor who can add a lot of value. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we're not it, but that was that was great yeah. that you made it available to us, and yeah. uh, you guys are going to crush it. I think uh, you're onto something. Yeah. Amazing team, right? Like for this company, you couldn't have put together a better. Oh, yeah. Pair, really, so. like a dream team. And interestingly enough, one of the things I look for is I always look for two founders. Mm. I mean, I invest in more companies with two founders, and that's kind of a philosophy of structure. Is that we definitely look for two founders exactly the composition you have here. Okay. I'll just leave you with a little bit of advice. Just make sure, keep grinding. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so So all of the investors passed on this deal. This is one of those pitches that feels like on any given day, it could have gone totally differently. Maybe if Josh or Calais had mentioned their fundraising earlier, the investors would have taken them a bit more seriously right from the start. Or maybe not. Maybe pitching coffee to people who don't drink coffee is just too hard of a sell. After the break, we'll find out who is drinking coffee. Sudden coffee, that is. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs. 
They're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to The Pitch. Almost 10 months after this recording, I got Josh on the phone and found out a lot has happened since we last met. It's been almost a year since you came on the show. So much has to have happened. Um, but at first, I kind of want to just like revisit what happened in the room from your perspective. What do you remember about The Pitch being in the room with Calais and pitching the four investors? Um, I think that one of the biggest things that stands out was was uh, realizing that none of the investors drank coffee, or only like, one of them drank <laughs> coffee, and we were like, okay, this is going to be tough. Surprise, um, surprise. I mean, this is even when we have customer, you know, we're pitching vendors who want to buy, and we talk to the purchasing guy, and we walk into the meeting, and they're like, yeah, I don't really drink coffee, but you know, I like the smell, and we're just like, okay, this is over. This is over. This is a waste of my time. Yeah, so so a little bit of that. Um, obviously, you know, I think the standout moment of that pitch was um, me not being upfront early enough about the allocation left in the round. So that was <laughs> fun. Um, they kept telling you to raise some crowdfunding, and you're right. like, uh, 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 "We've already raised most of our round." Right. Yeah. Like I remember trying to hand gesture, like just like point to like get in there. Um, which is like a nervous tick I have. And uh, I just couldn't get, a, I just like couldn't get their attention and be like, okay, guys, hold on, let's come back to it. You know, it's one of these like ideas are just building off of each other. So I think one investor talked, another one's like, yeah, that's a really good idea. And you should do this, this, and this. And another person is like, and, you know, and that turned into this kind of brainstorming and the energy in the room got really amped about doing um, crowdfunding. And then it, when it finally came back to me, it was like, yeah, so, you know, I agree with the group. I think you should really skip raising around and go for crowdfunding. And I was like, okay, let me uh, let me reorient a little bit. I now, now that said we've this all earlier. come to that conclusion, that's never right. going to happen. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about since you came on the pitch, what's happened in your business? Um, it's been a year. Yep. What's happened since then? It's been super interesting. So when we started the business, we were targeting... Uh, sort of like the millennial male coffee drinker. You know, these are people who go to Blue Bottle. Um, we were going after them. And we spent, you know, four months, and this is through Y Combinator, trying to go after them again and again. And finally, um, our chairwoman, Katerina Fake, was like, hey, you guys got to go through your customers one at a time on Facebook. Ignore everyone who has not been with you for four months filter out San Francisco and New York because those markets are going to be influenced by your social networks. Oh, that's great. And see who your customers are. Go really deep in customer research and realized, hey, our customers are actually 35 to 55. 
they live outside of cities. They tend to live in suburbs. They have big houses. They're well-educated. A lot of them are doctors, professors, et cetera, but they live you know, in a suburb of Nashville, for example. And that was an entirely different segment that we were going for. And you know, it all of a sudden made a ton of sense. These are folks who probably, their alternatives are Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. They don't have a specialty cafe around them. They have to drive to get there. And so it sounds like in the beginning, you guys were targeting yourselves. Exactly. This happened how long after you came on our show? So like, when did you have this realization? Yeah, so, so this happened in April. And then we haven't really, so since then we were like, okay, now we have to use an entirely different marketing approach. So part of it's like telling the user story where you show the routine of a potential customer like a doctor and they get this package in the mail and they make their coffee in the morning and then they go do their job and then they go do their hobby and the coffee fit into their day as an awesome moment, but they also have other interests and they do other things. There was something else I needed to ask Josh. When we were emailing to set up this call, he happened to mention that Calais, the award-winning barista slash co-founder of Sudden Coffee, was no longer working full-time with the company. So Calais, I get, was he just not on board with this new focus? Was he, was he tired of working on Sudden Coffee? Like, why? What happened? Um, I, I, you know, he, uh, he, I think he, it, it got down to the um, point where we were, to, to shift this marketing strategy, um, it was just an entirely different skill set. And I think it was also got to be a, a slog of hitting, of like doing the same thing over and over again. And um, I think, you know, Kale is an amazing inventor type. Like he loves coming up with new ideas, creating uh, new innovations in coffee. And so we were shifting where, you know, we, we kind of figured that part out and we didn't have the capacity to focus on you know, a bunch of new different flavors in coffee just yet. And so it kind of ma- made sense to say, hey, you know, take a break, like, you know, take a break from this. You know, he's still a founder. I saw him just last night, actually. So he's still involved. Um, I think, you know, for him personally, I think he wanted to, you know, explore different things and take a break and have some fun for a little bit. This is the exciting thing about meeting founders as they're growing their companies, watching them discover what they've actually built. Often, they start out like sudden coffee, trying to sell something to a customer exactly like themselves. And they're kind of stuck in that mentality. And then you come back nearly a year later and they've made some serious adjustments. They've got a way more nuanced vision of their company. And then you know, the fun is just getting started. It feels like we're about to just bring something to the world that that will will bring a lot of joy. Coffee and joy, they do go hand in hand. Uh, Coffee and joy. <laughs> and energy. Our new tagline. Coffee and joy, there you go. <laughs> Josh wasn't ready to announce his company's subscriber numbers just yet, but he did share this. As of spring 2017, they've sold over 100,000 cups of sudden coffee. To hear scenes from next week's episode, stay tuned till after the credits. Want to share your thoughts? Send us an email at thepitch at gimletmedia.com. Want to hear our thoughts? Subscribe to our brand new email newsletter and get behind the scenes stuff at thepitch.show slash email. 
Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Asta Chaturvedi, and Rob Zipko. We are edited by Devin Taylor. Special thanks to Colleen Pellisier and Allison Berenger, who originally produced this episode back in our indie podcast days. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, with original music composed by the muse maker Bobby Lord and Edwin. We were mixed by Enoch Kim. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the season two recording event last fall. And a quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. Also, I do wanna say a quick thank you to the original sponsor of season two, the It's Worth Doing Right family. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. I'm Josh Muccio, see you next week. Next week on The Pitch, Testloop is building the world's leading sustainable mobility service. We're perfecting inner city transit between 50 and 300 miles. How did you bring in your CEO? Where'd you find him and make that connection? The CEO is my dad. So that's great. I've known him for a little bit. All we're saying is that we think you're onto something. Yeah. That's the good news. I think you're, yeah, you're leaving I, money on the table. We think you're leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's even the better news. New episodes come out on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.